All right, so right here off the top, we do want to uh, give a very sincere and heartfelt shout out to, to friend of the, the show, friend show. of ours, and frequent Watch. guest, Sean Joey Poole. He's, how should I say this? He's going under the axe today. Yeah. Uh, he, he's going to be chopped. And um, so we, we definitely want to let him know that he is in our hearts and minds. And uh, best of wishes to him. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 22 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen, so why shouldn't movie buffs, like us, decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Jason Travorhees, uh-huh. a.k.a. Travi Borden, yes, a.k.a. So I Married a Trav Murderer. Love it. And I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, The Executioner... Nice. A.K.A. Axe Sharpener Sean. Nice. A.K.A. Decapitation. And we are also going to give a shout out to Chelsea, who could not be with us, but we miss her and wish her safe travels. And she will be back next week. Further description of the show. The tagline at the top says, watch Axe Chop Retrofit, (laughs) because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies. Sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors. And then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Chop that shit. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. In one fell swoop. (laughs) That brings us to our first segment, which is movie news. And this is where Sean and I and whoever else would like to participate uh, pay attention throughout the week to stories that pertain to our subject matter or cinema in general, or just that our listeners might find interesting. And unfortunately, this week we do have to start it off with an RIP. So rest in peace and rest in power to Margaret Nolan, the actress from Goldfinger. Uh, She died at the age of 76. She drew fame at the age of 20 when she was seen painted gold in the Bond film's opening credits. She also appeared in A Hard Day's Night with the Beatles. Once again, rest in peace, rest in power. Next up, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins is reuniting with Gal Gadot for a Cleopatra biopic. I think that's pretty good casting. Yep. I don't, she's no Liz Taylor. (laughs) Wow. uh, Next, Buck Rogers film in the works from Legendary with plans for a multi-platform franchise. And you, you anticipated something about this. Yeah, I mean, I I was a kid when they came out in the seventies uh-huh. uh, with uh, Gil Gerard and Aaron Gray, and he was kind of smarmy and okay. cocky and arrogant, and I believe that was probably a bit of a spin off Han Solo, right? And but I, also an influence on. And I think that that what's going to happen is we're going to get Star Lord. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe uh, the guy from Firefly. Yeah. Nathan Fillion's yep. character. Uh-huh. I can't remember his his name on there. Captain something. Uh, next, Jason Blum says that Halloween Kills won't delay again. It's coming in 2021. Quote, vaccine or no vaccine. <laughs> he sounds pretty serious. I picture him going door to door, shoving the film in your face. <laughs> yeah. Take it. There's a remake, a strange choice for a remake upcoming. And it's the movie The Others, which originally starred Nicole Kidman. A remake is in the works as Universal Pictures and Sentient Entertainment partner on a new movie. What's the deal with this? Yeah, man. I mean, it hasn't been that long ago that the others came out, was it? Um, it's been a good bit. I mean, it's like it's been early two so, thousands. Yeah, yeah. But 
you got to think they're going to probably alter the storyline okay. because for anyone who for anyone who's who knows the the secret, what's the point? Yeah, I agree. It's with like you. remaking a Shyamalan movie. <laughs> Indeed, yes, you would have to change the twist. Yeah, right. We've got one more story, and I'm going to throw it to you for this one. Yeah, um, yeah. This something com- about Leo decapitation. <laughs> now, this comes to us from Deadline.com. Jennifer Lawrence and Adam McKay have a new film coming up on Netflix called Don't Look Up, and this is a true A-list assembly of uh, superstars. Don't yeah. look up because it's not safe for work. Right. You got Leo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande, Himesh Patel, and others. Wow. It's yeah, that's a hefty uh, paycheck. Indeed. All right. Well, I think that will wrap us up on movie news for this week. And is that the phone ringing? It must be time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hello, Monstuff. Officer Dangelove here. The guy from Weird Science and The Hills Have Eyes is Michael Berryman. The rap group Scott Kahn was part of was the Hooligans, spelled W-H-O-O-L-I-G-A-N-Z. Yep, Donald Gleason is the son of Brendan Gleason, and he's also the brother of Brian Gleason. Good job pronouncing his name correctly, Travis. Chelsea, I posed your question about getting an explanation of the origin of Canadian Thanksgiving from a Canadian, and I got this response from my Facebook friend, Martin Redfern, who proclaims his hometown to be St. John's, Newfoundland, and Labrador. He didn't get into how it started, but he did contribute this, quote, In practice, they seem largely indistinguishable, except for the earlier date in Canada and the tendency in the U.S. to have large family gatherings around which movies can be based. I guess ours is earlier simply because our growing season is generally shorter, so the harvest ends earlier. Our date wasn't fixed by law until the late 50s. It was November 6th originally, moved earlier to avoid conflicting with Remembrance Day, end quote. Based on what Wikipedia had to say about the origin, it doesn't seem clear, but it could be in part related to Americans who were loyal to the British after the American Revolution, moving to Canada and bringing the tradition with them. I'm off to make s'mores in my Jacob's Ladder. See you next week. All right. Well, Dana, we are Canadian thankful for you, eh? And also for your due diligence and even going so far as to pick your own nickname. Well done. That will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week bringing us to the theme of the episode for our third execution in our annual October horror series. This week, we are talking about axe murderer movies. And what are your thoughts on this subgenre of horror? When I saw the the theme thrown out there, I was like, oh man, there's going to be tons to pick from because there's so many slasher movies. Right. But then you start investigating the how, slasher movies. How often is it a machete or a, a hunting a knife? Chainsaw. Or, yes. And so when you actually get down to it, the selection is actually narrower uh-huh. than I expected. But and, there uh, is some diversity in the types of kills we get with the axe, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... This week, I saw an axe cleave completely through a human being as if they were made of spam. Uh-huh. I've seen axes just barely break the surface of the skin. I've uh-huh. seen axes completely kill someone with one blow. I've seen them just annoy them and kind of hamper them. So there's a wide range, and I don't think there's any you know concise way to say, well, I guess you know we could do Mythbusters and say, you know, how much damage does an axe blow do yeah. from a regular human? But uh, 
I've seen I've seen the whole spectrum this week in yes. preparation for the episode. I think it also uh, depends on who's wielding the axe. Sure. Does that person have superhuman strength? As we'll see later on. Or are they a professional lumberjack? <laughs> you know, I'm surprised there weren't a lot, uh, uh, very many uh, lumberjack themed axe murderer movies. There you, probably should be. There, there really should be. That's a that's an untapped resource right there. All right, so that's what we're going with for this week. And that brings us to our next segment, which is the Midnight Double Feature. And that's where each of us on the panel, the two of us today, are going to select two movies that is with that are within our subject at hand and talk about why they would be a good pairing and how they're related to each other or related to the genre and why they would make a good double feature. So what did you go with this week, Sean? Um, as I want to do, I went with a comedy route okay. on this. First is 1989's The Burbs, starring Tom Hanks, Bruce Dern, Carrie Fisher, and, um, oh God, what's that comedian's name? Um, oh, Rick Dukeman. And of course, this is directed by the great Joe Dante. Yes. And uh, you were surprised that I had not seen this. Right. <clears throat> but um, I guess I was so negatively impacted by uh, the money pit that when this came out, I just wasn't having it, but I did watch it and I liked it a lot. Um, you've got an overstressed suburbanite and his neighbors. They're convinced that a new family on the block are part of a murderous satanic cult. Yes. Of ax murderers. Right. And so they're on high alert surveillance. Corey Feldman's in this. Too. I was just going to say that. Yes. And, but Bruce Dern for me is Steals the highlight the of the film. He is so freaking hilarious, yeah. which, you know, Bruce playing such a, a peacenik hippie in a lot of his early work uh -huh. for him to be like a former Vietnam yes. vet. And he's really paranoid up about, you know, <laughs> the surveillance and the execution of the mission Yeah, was kind of, that was just really funny because it was completely out of, out of character for him. But, um, I'm not going to give the ending away, but right. the, it does have a big giant dramatic conclusion at the end. Yeah, I, uh, I liked this movie a lot when it came out, but I do remember my parents not liking it. They oh. they thought that it was subpar comedy for Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. Uh, my parents did not like uh, the Lady Killers. Okay, with Tom Hanks. Well, not very many. Not people many people did, people like did either. <laughs> One of the rare missteps by the Coen Brothers. Correcto. So I'm pairing this with 1993's So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yes, and Hid. <laughs> this stars Mike Myers in many roles. It's got its own ecosystem. <laughs> He's like an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> I love this movie. Um, yeah, Mike Myers. Very silly fun. Silly fun. You got Mike Myers, Nancy Travis, Anthony LaPaglia. Sorry, who's that? Nancy Travis. Nice. Yeah. Good she, name. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Uh, Anthony LaPaglia and Amanda Plummer. Okay. And this, in my opinion, is probably the, it's funny. I mean, it's a beautifully done first act. Acts two and three lose me every single time. Okay. Um, you've got the comedy of Mike Myers playing his, his father mm -hmm. and that scene with head and just yes. how brutal and he the, is to that the, big headed boy. What was it? The trilateral whatever the, the conspiracy theory oh God, that he has yes. about the queen and the colonel and the Rockefellers <laughs> herbs and spices. Yes. Um, and then of course you got his mom whose idea of the paper is the weekly world news. Yes. So she's reading up about this ax murderer uh, who is killing off her husbands after she marries them. And the plot goes that uh, Mike Myers falls in love with this butcher uh -huh. played by Nancy Travis. 
they uh, they have a courtship and things start to go mysteriously wrong and murdery and yes. creepy and all signs point to Nancy Travis as being the killer. That's what we are expected to think. And then, of course, things play out much differently. Right. We cannot mention... So I married an axe murderer without mentioning his occupation, which I mentioned the other night at trivia. He was a successful beat poet. <laughs> That's right. Whoa, man. Whoa, Whoa man. man. <laughs> uh, all right. So I like that. That's cool. My um, my double feature is going to be a little bit more uh, typical axe murder horror movie, um, less comedic. The first one is from 1964. It's called Straight Jacket. Uh, directed by William Castle, and it's got an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Though still mentally shaky, convicted axe murderess Lucy Harbin, played by Joan Crawford, is released from the asylum where she has spent 20 years for slaying her unfaithful husband. Lucy goes to stay at her brother's farm and reconnect with her grown daughter, Carol, played by Diane Baker, who saw her mother chop her father to pieces as a tot. <laughs> a tot? Uh, <laughs> Carol, <laughs> yes, Carol helps Lucy regain her old glamorous look, but suspects that history might be repeating itself when anyone who angers her mother turns up hacked to death. Um, so there, there is a little bit of a uh, formulaic quality to this, even though it's uh, from way back in 64, but whatever shortcomings the film had are made up for by the just sheer talent of Joan Crawford. I'm going to have more to say along those lines during the movie marathon. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and next I'm going to pair that with the shining from 1980. And of course, directed by Stanley Kubrick, it's got an 84% on rotten tomatoes. I probably don't need to describe it, but I will. Jack Torrance played by Jack Nicholson becomes the winter caretaker at the isolated overlook hotel in Colorado hoping to cure his writer's block. He settles in along with his wife, Wendy, played by Shelley Duvall, and son, Danny, played by Danny Lloyd, who is plagued by <laughs> psychic premonitions. As Jack's writing goes nowhere and Danny's visions become more disturbing, Jack discovers the hotel's dark secrets and begins to unravel into a homicidal maniac, hell-bent on terrorizing his own family. Now, we were talking about it before we hit record, and even though... There is murder in the movie, and there is a very memorable, almost iconic wielding of an axe scene. But here's Johnny. Nobody actually gets murdered with the axe. But the so intent was there. The intent was there, and that's nine-tenths of axe murder law. So um, I'm going to say hard recommend on The Shining and moderate to lukewarm recommend on Straight Jacket. Um, I'll give both of mine recommends. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that will wrap us up on the Midnight Double feature and bring us into our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we pre-select a film uh, that is within our topic of the week and we watch it and then we chop it and we retrofit it by tweaking the designs with new parts, a.k.a. actors who are at the height of their powers. And uh, the first one is one that you were fortunate enough to see back for our Oliver Stone movies episode. Yep. yep. And it's called Seizure. Don't ask us who we are or where we come from. Our only purpose is death. Now one after the other. 
the rest of you will die. There will be darkness, damnation, and a meaningless death. We know your secret. We read your mind. You can never run from it. You can never hide from it. The breath-stopping panic of seizure. PG. Yeah. And it's a documentary about epilepsy uh, from 19. 19- no, it's a. I only it, wish. It's a it's a horror um, from 1974 directed by Oliver Stone. No rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I read um, one one review or like one quip that said um, that seizure has survived on Oliver Stone's name alone and that there's not a lot else to be praised about the film. I agree with that a hundred percent. And I went back and listened to what I said about it. Okay. And it was, there are no earmarks of Oliver Stone Mm-mm. on this film whatsoever at all. And as a horror film, it's boring. Yeah. Drawn and out. It just, it's just a pain to watch. And I'm so sorry that you picked this, <laughs> but I'm, I'm very delighted that you, had to watch it and that you didn't have to watch it again. <laughs> um, so a disturbed author's house party becomes a scene of carnage when three of his homicidal creations appear. Horror writer Edmund Blackstone played by Jonathan Freed sees his recurring nightmares come to life, excuse me, come to chilling life one weekend as one by one, his friends and family are killed by three villains. The queen of evil played by Martine Beswick, a dwarf named spider, played by Hervé Villachet, and a giant Scarface strongman called Jackal, played by Henry Judd Baker. And I I mentioned to you earlier that it takes a long time for the axe murder to come about. Yeah. Get, people get murdered in a lot of other ways, but our strongman Jackal, his, uh, his villain costume is that of an executioner with a giant executioner's axe. And... Um, it's it's not a good movie. He looked like something you'd see at an S and M club. Yeah, yeah, like uh, leather and chains and stuff. Yeah, the gimp sleeping. So, like we said, the roles that we're going to recast are Edmund Blackstone, played by Jonathan Freed, who most people would know as the original Barnabas Collins. He also had a cameo in the Johnny Depp Tim Burton Dark Shadows, Dark Shadows movie. I yeah. uh, I think he kind of looks like a um, Harry Dean Stanton. I do too. I was looking at pictures of him and I was really amazed at how similar he and Harry Dean Stanton looked the same. I mentioned it while watching it and Michelle was like, that is Harry Dean Stanton. And I was like, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got the queen of evil played by Martine Beswick. And she was uh, 35 at the time and uh, devilishly delightful. She she was a real um, trick or treat. She was, oh my God, she was, uh, she was quite pretty in an Elvira kind of way. Yeah, right? she was, she was very sexy. And then we've got Spider played by Hervé Villachet. And I've got some things to talk about when good. We get I to... was, I'm going to lean on you to refresh my memory about some of it, but, uh, I don't remember him saying a whole hell of a lot. He doesn't speak in the first few scenes that he, yeah. that he's in, but then he does later on. Then finally we've got the Jackal or just Jackal played by Henry Judd Baker. And I didn't get an age on him. I couldn't either. Okay. I couldn't find an age either. Um, but I don't know that it matters that much. 
All right, are we ready? Yeah, let's do this. All right, so Edmund Blackstone, the author whose creations are coming to life, was played by Jonathan Freed. He was 50 at the time. And who did you pick for this? I wanted somebody who's kind of a little brainy, uh-huh. you know, a little nerdy, but also retained some face value. Um, he is uh, going to be 51 years old in December. Okay. And uh, he can be seen on Mad Men. He can be seen on the series Happy. Um, I believe he was in Lost briefly, and Twin Peaks, the uh, most recent uh, okay. kickoff of the of the series. Uh, but most people would remember him from Mulholland Drive. I yeah. went with Patrick Fischler. Okay, gotcha. So he has a um, working relationship with Lynch, apparently. Yeah, he was in Mulholland Drive and the Twin Peaks season, season three. three. Yeah. All right, so my actor is 61 now. He was in GoldenEye, Lord of the Rings, more than one of them, Patriot Games, and National Treasure. His name is Sean Bean. Does he die at the end? You know he does. He's going to get his head chopped off. (laughs) He's very angry in this picture. Probably because he knows what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got the Queen of Evil, played by Martine Beswick, who I have her as 35 at the time. Uh, I had 33, but okay, whatever. That's fine. My maths, no so good. He's cool. All right, so who's your pick for the Queen of Evil, Sean? All right, I went with a 33 year old actress who has played uh, kind of an evil character in mm-hmm. her most famous role. Um, she was in uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, she is going to be in the upcoming uh, Cowboy Bebop TV hmm. miniseries. And uh, she's also in What If. I guess that's a Marvel thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, she played the, the role of Sophie Devereaux in The Vampire Diaries and The Originals on CW. Her name is Daniela Pineda. Daniela Pineda. Okay. I wonder who she was in Fallen Kingdom. Um, or is that the one that's not out yet? No, this Fallen Kingdom was uh, 2018. She was Zia Rodriguez. Okay. All right. I remember now. Okay. My uh, actress is 44 now. She's a bit older, but she uh, is still very beautiful and, um, and very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Vivacious. Dark oh. and um, almost... Uh, occultish okay and uh she's in a movie called black book she's in valkyrie and she's in a a movie called brimstone her name is clarice van houten clarice van houten is going to be the queen of evil nicely done i was tempted to cast the actress from the love witch just to troll yeah just to troll joey pool uh once again uh speedy recovery joey pool um next we've got spider played by hervé villachet and i didn't know a lot about him i everybody knows deplane deplane and right. that he was on fantasy island and that he was also in a james bond movie his name was nick knack in one of the james bond movies not offensive at all no but like you were saying his character is a an underling to the two other figures, not, not, I don't mean that literally he's very small in stature, but he's also, uh, their subordinate, but he turns out to be, uh, surprisingly 
acrobatic yeah. and a pretty skilled fighter. Yes. Um, Spider the fighter. So I want you to give me yours and then I'm going to, I'll give you mine and I'll tell you my reasoning. Okay. Well, I went with somebody who is a bit acrobatic in his own okay. right. Um, he's 47 years old. Okay. And uh, he can be seen in films such as Behaving Badly, Elf Man, hmm. Pea Stains, and Other Disasters. Okay. But most would know him from the Jackass series. I went with Jason Wee Man Acuna. Is he still, is he still with us? He's still with us. Okay. Because those jackass people. I know you're thinking you're thinking of another one. No, he's still alive. Cool. All right. Well, okay. My this is the pick that started off my theme and I didn't know it at the time, but he's in a biopic about Hervé Villachay called Uh, My Dinner with Hervé. And guess who plays Richard Montalbaum in that movie? Ricardo Montalbaum. Yes, that's what I meant. Ricardo Montalbaum. Uh, One of your favorite actors. I don't know. Andy Garcia. Oh, God, that's <laughs> so right. This actor is 51 now. He's in the Chronicles of Narnia, Avengers Infinity War, Pixels, and My Dinner with Hervé. It's Peter Dinklage. Okay. And I did not know that at the time that he had actually played him before. But now I just got to see that movie. Oh, let's watch that sometime. Yes. All right. We got one more. It's Jackal, played by Henry Judd Baker. We don't know how old he was. But he is big and menacing and uh, shops at Frederick's for Hollywood. <laughs> he has a luxurious mustache. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He. I'm going to recast somebody who's 63 years old. Oh, wow. So, but you'll understand uh-huh. in a minute. Uh, he was in You Got Served. You Got Served. He was in That's jo- also what I say when I'm waiting tables. He was in Johnson Family Vacation. Mm-hmm. He was in Love Don't Cost a Thing. I went with. The luxurious mustache of Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. <laughs> this is hard, y'all. Um, wow. That's, that's all right, a, player. Yeah, that's <laughs> get ready. I'm gonna kill you with this axe. Uh, so my actor is 31. He's in Kickboxer Retaliation. He's in Hamlet Faroon. He's in Operation Ragnarok. His name is Halfpoor Bjornsson. Half poor Bjornsson, aka the Mountain. Oh, okay. The Mountain. And have you gotten my theme? Uh, Game of Thrones. It's obviously Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. So I started with Peter Dinklage, and then I just went Game of Thrones with it in the other direction. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you whitewashed it. Well, I I <laughs> ethnically swapped the character. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, he. I think he'd be a good executioner character. And he, he already knows how oh, to wear a mask. Uh, he would be perfect as a role of an executioner. Uh, it's just a, a damn shame that we had to recast this movie. <laughs> yes, yes, true. It's not a recommend for me. In case I'm also going to say not a recommend. Or do I recommend watching it with your wife and father-in-law? Oh, and that's what you did. <laughs> that's what I did. All right. So I think that that's going to bring us into intermission. Uh, yeah, let's do it. But not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some Axe body spray. Mm. All right, Chop Shoppers, thank you for bearing with us during intermission. This is your host, Travis. And I just have one question for you, Sean. What is one way we could make our podcast more prominent? 
Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us oh, yeah, subscribe. on iTunes. And, or and, and pin your friends down and, and force them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under like, like, like Make it a whole pyramid scheme. Get the people under them yeah. to do it. and multiply. A podsy scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show, don't stop the show, but if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well, or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also, uh, be aware of our online presence. We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash cinemachopshop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's cinemachopshop on Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at cinemachopshop. We do a lot of stuff on there, like our movie marathon, where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show. And now... On with the show. All right. We are back. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission, Chop Shoppers. And when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. And we are already we already opened one. The first one that we're having is called Higher Plane. Yeah. It's and cool. it's, a, it's a variant on the Voodoo Ranger, right? Yeah, from New Belgium. And part of their rotating series. I think it's pretty tasty. I, yeah. I'm not a... Um, a detractor of them though. I, I think that their beers are pretty Yeah, easy. big IPAs can be tricky and eight and a half percent uh as that one was. Um pretty balanced. I liked yeah. it. I liked it a lot. Uh, unfortunately we're about to try one that I've had the pleasure of trying ahead of time. This is uh from Stone Brewing. It's Stone Enjoy by 10, uh-huh. 103120. That's Halloween. IPA. And uh the can is printed intentionally upside down. Yeah. Uh, so it's got a cutout of a jack-o'-lantern. We're just seeing the cutout parts mm. upside down, and it has the horns like the gargoyle from their from the stone mm-hmm. logo. But why did they uh, print it upside down, Sean? Because they're assholes. Um, <laughs> because their philosophy and their website is leave no stone unturned. Um, so that, I mean, like... Turn it, turn it up, turn it up, <laughs> uh, turn up for what? But uh... oh, that's my favorite vegetable, though. <clears throat> turnips, yeah. turnips, turnips are good. Uh, so we're cracking that open, and we're gonna check it out. We this is a also a big IPA. This is nine and a half percent. Oh, and also just for Chelsea because we know that she's listening, probably on the road on her way back. Uh, thought of a nickname for her during intermission, and that is Chopping Block Chelsea. So enjoy that while we enjoy this. And while we do, uh, we're going to get into the 2020 movie marathon, right? Yes, sir. As of this recording, it is the 290th day of the year. And I'm on number 345 and a half. I'm on 355. I say and a half because I watched a Robert Johnson documentary today on Netflix that was only about 50 minutes long. 
it shows up on Letterbox, <laughs> but I can't count it as a whole movie. I understand. I understand. And I feel you. Um, you mean lead off? Yeah, go for it because I need to pull up my list. Okay, so the first movie I'm going to check in is from Criterion's 1970s horror movie collection that's out this month. And it's called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Okay. <laughs> Who is Jessica? Um, let's not and say we did. Um, that was your review. <laughs> a bunch of hippies, a bunch of quote unquote hippies, uh, buy a house in upstate New York to grow apples. And they come across an ageless house guest with a dark secret. I'm giving a bit away by calling her ageless, but she's just like another drifter. And she's like, oh, I thought this house was empty. I'm sorry. And she befriends them and ends up kind of hanging around. Is she's Jessica? No, no. Okay. Jessica is in the group. It's like two guys and a girl. And, and a pizza place. <laughs> and uh, the reason I use hippies in quotes, as soon as they arrive in town, there's like all these old guys standing around and they're bitching about, why are these hippies coming Damn, to town? Hippies. And, How do you know when a hippie comes to town? So the whole, still here. So the whole town has a bit of a secret and um, it's kind of anticlimactic, but um, it, is there a secret that the mayor is smoky Joe? I wish it was. I wish it was. It would have been great. But uh, as far as the movie goes, it has a good creepy vibe through the whole thing. Okay. But it's a little too tainted with the, the hippie culture. So it's kind of hard to take it serious. What year was it? Uh, it is uh, 1971. Okay. So yeah, it, it's okay. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it unless you're like really into horror movies and you're like a completist and you want to see everything. Gotcha. All right. Fair enough. My uh, first check-in for the week is going to be number 340, and it's called The Wolf of Snow Hollow from 2020. And this is a solid comedy horror written, directed by, and starring Jim Cummings. And people know him from his short film and then the feature length adaptation of the short film Thunder Road. Uh, and also it has Robert Forster in his final role. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, it's about a very nervous chief of police who's having to deal with all these grisly murders and all the locals say that it's the wolf of Snow Hollow. Uh, I was very pleased because director Jim Cummings liked my tweet about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told me this week. That's cool. Uh, that always tickles me whenever that happens. Yeah. Um, I'm going to check in 1970s Trog. Okay. Uh, this is also part of that Criterion run. Uh, this is uh, Joan Crawford's final role. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I said slog through Trog as we see Joan Crawford in her final role. The missing link learns to communicate, but xenophobes sway the government to destroy what it has yet to understand. Heavy-handed, but relevant today. And she's not the trog, is no, no, she? No, no, she's a scientist, and they discover this caveman uh -huh. troglodyte. Troglodyte. And uh, he's in the... Trogden. He's, he's in these... It's Johnny Trogden. Uh, it's in the caves deep under uh, England, and uh, they get him out, and she's able to kind of communicate with him and discover that he's got reasoning skills. The makeup's really bad. Uh considering that this is so soon after uh, planet of the apes. Okay. They could have um, done better. Yeah. The, the, even the skin tones of the mask don't, gotcha. don't match the skin tones of the actor. So the uh, techniques were there, but the budget yeah. maybe wasn't. Yeah. I, I really liked what the, the message was in this, in the proper hands and it could have been a lot better. Gotcha. And like you said about your Joan Crawford movie again, in this film, you know, Joan Crawford, saving grace. she elevates this film gotcha. much higher than it really should be just because of her skill and yes. talent. 
Yeah, she was a great one. All right, next I've got a movie that I really liked called Spontaneous. And this is the story of a... It's an insane dark comedy, sci-fi, about kids in one high school class that start exploding out of the blue. Uh, starring Katherine Langford from 13 Reasons Why. Okay. Also, Charlie Plummer, Haley Law, Piper Parabo, who you would know from... Oh, I know her. Coyote, Coyote Ugly. Ugly. Yes. Yeah. And also Rob Hubel. Uh, I love they, Rob Hubel. They all just nail it. Um, really good. Check it out. It's Some of it is somewhat metaphorical for you know teen <clears throat> angst and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But you also get this real kind of et quarantine vibe okay you know how when the when the scientists come sure, in sure yeah okay in fact they make they make a joke about that in the oh movie. really yes <laughs> um l- let's take a quick pause and ask uh, have you tried the beer let me see here this is the stone yeah enjoy by halloween yeah i like the other one better yeah i like the new belgium one better and we were just talking before the show it was not that long ago when stone was considered a go-to craft beer yeah, this is awfully syrupy and uh-huh. malty tasting. And and what's the ABV on it? Like nine and a half. Nine and a half. Jeez Louise. Yeah, we're going to be pretty tanked. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, I think they're a little pretentious and I'm not impressed. Gotcha. Uh, my final check-in for the week is going to be Tenebrae. Okay. And this is a Dario Argento film. Nice. About an author. Giallo? Uh, yeah, it is. Um it's about an author who's like kind of like one of these mystery writer guys and he's doing a book tour in Europe and people start dying and they kind of have the signature of one of his killers from his books. So they think it's kind of like a tribute killer kind like of thing. Like in seizure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of that, a little bit of seizure in there, probably handled a little bit better, but uh, I have one major, major issue with this movie. You know what a MacGuffin is? Yes. This is it's it. a plot device that is, is intentionally driving the plot, but also misleading the audience. It It's something that's thrown in to drive the plot in a direction that's this super intentional. Yes. And otherwise does not belong. So this film has one of the worst MacGuffins I've ever seen. Uh-huh. You've got a young assistant who works for the author, mm-hmm. and she goes on a date with a guy. It doesn't go well. She gets out of the car and goes for a walk, and there's an like a Doberman pincher behind the gate, behind a fence, and she's taunting it like she's hitting a stick against the fence, like, yeah, you're a bad dog, you're a bad dog. The dog climbs over the fence and starts chasing her. And this chase scene goes for, you know, it seemed like forever, probably about five minutes. Damn. She's running across a park. She climbs another fence. She Dog tries jumps to the a, fence. Yeah, she tries to elude it again. She's running. She's running. She's running. She takes refuge in a house. It's like has a, Ferris Bueller trying to get home. Yes. She takes refuge in a house with an open door. What do you know? It's the house of the killer. Axe murderer. <laughs> and she discovers all the photography of everything that's happened and... I'm like, oh my God, that's the shittiest MacGuffin I've yes. ever seen. So uh, I, I slammed the film for that. And uh, because of that, I continue to declare that Dario Argento is not as good as people say he is. I gotcha. Okay. Strong words. No recommends this week. Sorry. So that's <laughs> at a windowless van on Twitter. 
Uh, so my last one is also not going to be a recommend, even though there were a couple parts where I chuckled, and I'll mention a couple of them. Uh, it is called Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. And this is the newest Netflix Adam Sandler movie. And I told you as I was watching it and my review, it's like Adam Sandler made an Oscar bet last year with himself and lost. I think it's more like, all right, Adam, we're going to give you uncut gems. Uh-huh. But then you got to make five shitty Netflix movies. Exactly. And the other thing about this is it has all of his friends and then like their sisters and brothers in it. Uh, so we've got uh, Adam Sandler, of, co- of course, Noah Schnapp. Uh, Peyton List, Julie Bowen from okay. Modern Family, Kevin James. Now, Kevin James is still rocking the beard that he had in um, the the neo-Nazi house break-in movie. Mm-hmm. But he's also got a fake mullet on. And the funniest... What? 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 Julie Bowen was in Billy Madison. Was she the teacher? Yeah. Damn, I did not realize that. So there's one point where he... He's the, Kevin James is a cop and he says I pulled somebody over for DUI the other day they told me it was an honor to be pulled over by a Muppet <laughs> that was my favorite part um, also Rob Schneider Steve Buscemi uh, June Squibb Maya Rudolph Shaquille O'Neal Ray Liotta uh, Jackie Sandler Tim Meadows Keenan Thompson Michael Chiklis uh, Colin Quinn George Wallace Ben Stiller Mikey Day and more. Whoa, wait a minute. They got Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn is Jesus in this movie. Christ. Yes. Uh, it was insanely bad and also just an incredibly bizarre cavalcade of cameos. Nice. All right. So that is my last check in. Are you done with yours? We're done. All right. That is the end of the 2020 movie marathon for this week. And we're getting close to that 366 number. I think I might hit it next week. Dude. You've been consistently, the past month, been 10 movies ahead of me. Like, we've kept the same pace, yep. but you've been 10 ahead. Um, I'm going to have to slip you a Mickey. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the second part of our feature segment, The Recast Continued. Part two. The sequel. Something about an axe. Two chops. <laughs> nice. And the movie is one that I'd never seen before. I've I've heard references to it, and I know that they recently made a fourth installment in the series. It's called Hatchet from 2006. These got past me. I did not know these existed. Yeah, and so the um, director is Adam Green. It's got a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is fair Yeah. Uh, because it is kind of a typical slasher movie. It's formulaic in the sense that it's basically the same, same plot as Friday the 13th. And Kane Hodder, who plays the the big bad in this, also played Jason Voorhees in like six of those movies. That's right. Ben, played by Joel Moore, and Marcus, played by Dion Richmond, are college students in New Orleans, enjoying Mardi Gras, when they decide to go on a boat tour of an allegedly cursed bayou, meeting up with several other tourists, including the quietly beautiful Mary Beth, played by Tamara Feldman the mother of Corey Feldman. (laughs) They are, that doesn't make any sense in terms of chronology. No. Uh, They are entertained by their guide, Sean Perry Shen, who regales them with tales of a ghostly serial killer who wanders the swamp. They laugh off the stories until someone or something starts picking off members of the group. So we've got uh, Joel Moore playing Ben, 
He was 29 at the time. And what did we say we know him from, too? Dodgeball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And uh, next we've got Tamara Feldman, or Tamara Feldman. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I'll ask Corey. Her real name is Amara Zaragoza. Really? Yeah. Huh. What? This is her stage name? Yeah, it's her stage okay. name, but now she goes by this other name. Zamara? Amara Zaragoza. Okay, fair enough. Uh, maybe she got married. I don't know. And then we've got Marcus, uh, the... I'm just going to say it, the token black guy in this horror okay. movie. Now, that's not a rude thing to say because right. it is a trope and they make fun of that trope in it. This actor plays token black guy in, in scary, scary movie? movie. Gotcha. So when I saw him, I was like, wait a minute, you're playing the same role that you played ironically. Mm -hmm. And in a, also, in a movie. I, I should say, and I mentioned this earlier, the movie itself is a little bit ironic. Um, there's a little bit of the um nuances not to the same effect but like Wes Craven's scream had it, it's a self-aware slash it's movie. it's self-aware but on a much lower level than right. scream or cabin in the woods a, a more it, base level yeah 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 like flea market yes and uh <laughs> then finally we've got uh Kane Hodor Hodder. Hodor Hodor I should have I should have saved my Game of Thrones theme for right? this. Uh, you blew your load, man. Sorry. Kane Hodder playing Victor Crowley. Is it Crowley or Crowley? Crowley. Victor yeah. Crowley. Kind of like the the Black Sabbath song, Mr. Crowley. But he, that was about Alistair, Alistair. Crowley. Uh, he did double duty. He also played Mr. Crowley in this as well. Oh, the father? The father. Gotcha. Yes. Woo. He's broadening his acting range, folks. Yes. Um, he's broadening his acting range as much as his broadening his skull. The, the guy is very deformed. Yeah, then and Kane, of course, is not. Uh, everyone knows Kane Hodder was uh, the character Kane in WWF WWE. He Wait, was, that's, is that the same guy? I don't the think guy. that's the same guy. It is the guy. He is the brother of uh, of of the Undertaker in real life. In, in, no, 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 no. In 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 the mythology of WWE. However, uh, Kane did, and, and I guess his character uh, was horribly burned, which is why he wore a mask in all of this stuff. All right, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna call bullshit. Oh, is Kane, it Kane? The character in the WWE is Glenn Thomas Jacobs. That's right. Yeah, different guy. I'm gonna edit all that I, out. <laughs> I also no, I'd leave it in because I also thought that. And I went up and I typed, just typed in Kane and it was like, Kane's a professional wrestler. I was like, wait, that's not him. And then I looked up Kane Hodder thinking that maybe he okay. was a professional wrestler also. Now this, this is, okay, so you're right. And this this actually sheds light because I had always heard that the the wrestler Kane uh -huh. later on became the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Okay. When I looked up Kane Hodder, I could find no reference to yeah. this. So now I get and it. These I, are two separate And people. I couldn't find any reference to him being a wrestler, even though he is a big hulking well, guy. Well, here's the thing. Kane Hodder was horribly burned in a stunt accident. Oh, in real life. In real life. Okay. So when he does uh, signings and stuff, he wears sometimes wears gloves oh, to hide the scars, which... This is what I was about to say. The character Kane in WWE was supposedly horribly burned as a child, which hmm. is why he wore the mask. So There's a lot of coincidences in this. Separated at birth? Maybe. <laughs> Those are the roles that we're going to recast, right? Yeah, let's do uh, it. All right, so first we've got Ben. 
who was played by Joel Moore, who was 29 at the time. Who did you go with for this? Well, it's kind of sad that uh, I was uh, proven wrong about my assumption about WWE. Oh, is that your theme? No, no, it's not <laughs> my theme. But uh, the first role I went with is a 30-year-old actor. Um, he was in um, a lot of WWE productions of Raw and WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. He was also in a documentary about uh, Bret the Hitman Hart because that's his father. His name is Blade Hart. Blade Hart. Okay. And he's an actor. Well, they're all actors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Kayfabe, kayfabe. My actor. So my low-hanging fruit uh, option was obviously Adam Driver, but I've shopped and chopped Adam Driver so many times. I went with somebody different. Um, he's 29 now as well. He's in a movie. His best, his best known role is in a movie called Submarine. Do you remember this movie, Submarine? I do. He's also in Just Jim and the movie Neighbors with Seth Rogen. Mm -hmm. His name is Craig Roberts. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Craig Roberts. Um, and I feel like the um, the skeptical stoner from Cabin in the Woods and this role are very similar. I agree. So, yeah, that's. I think that he can pull that off. Next up, we've got uh, Tamara Feldman as Mary Beth Dunstan. And she seemingly in the movie is just going along on this tour, but she turns out has ulterior motives. Very much so. And so who was your pick for her? I don't have an age on this actress, um, but she was in uh, Brockmire. She was in The Outsider or is going to be in The Outsider. It's probably come out by now. Um, she was in Antebellum in a very small role. Uh, but she, you would know her as Millie in the TV series Doom Patrol. Okay. Her name is Victoria Blade. Victoria Blade. The first guy. Oh, shit. I just got it. Nice. Wow. Blade. Is, is Wesley Snipes going to be in here? Please, God, tell me Wesley Snipes is going to be in here. Uh, my actress is 25 now. She was in The Haunting of Hill House, mm. the highly acclaimed Netflix series. She's also in the sequel series, even though the storylines aren't related, called The Haunting of Bly Manor, which I believe just came out this week yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, I'm chomping at the bit to watch this. And she's also in the TV show You. She's in the TV show Amazing Stories, the revival of Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories. And she's also in... Once upon a time in Hollywood, her name is Victoria Padretti. Victoria Padretti is going to be my Mary Beth Dunstan. I dig it. Next, we've got Marcus, uh, who is played by Dion Richmond, who was 28 at the time. And we've, we've talked about the character. We've talked about the trope. Uh, who was your pick for this? Well, I was giving you shit in the first round because I did whitewash my cast. As oh, well. nice. And it is a gender swap. It's a token white guy? Uh, token white girl. Um, she was in uh, the TV series Red Dwarf. Uh-huh. Squadron 42. She was in a film called May I Kill You. And she was in the BBC series EastEnders. Her name is Haley Marie Axe. Uh-uh. <laughs> Also, May I Kill You is a very polite way to propose murder. Yes. My Marcus, all right, is 28 now. He's in a movie called Let It Shine. He's also been on The Walking Dead. And he played the role inspired by and written by Chris Rock in Everybody Hates Chris. 
His name is Tyler James Williams. Okay. Tyler yeah, yeah. James Will- yep. Williams. Yeah, and he- also, he looks like he could be Orlando Jones' son. Yeah, that. And he also reminds me a little bit of Urkel as an okay. adult. Yeah, yeah. And also, CJ McCollum of the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> All right, white guys, stop saying stuff like that. Finally, we've got Kane Hodder playing Victor Crowley. And he was 51? 51. 51 at the time. That's impressive. Yeah. And where did you go to for this? I hope you're ready. I'm ready. My actor is 55 years old. Okay. And uh, he was born in London, England. Hmm. You're never going to guess this. He was in Gutter Damarung as the thief. He was in the Anger Management TV series. And reaching Charlie back- Sheen? Reaching back to 1994, he had an appearance in Tales from the Crypt. I went with the very talented Slash. No! Wait, so no no Wesley Snipes? No, but I gave you two blades, an axe, and a slash. That is good, dude. That is good. (laughs) Very nice. I think you already win this round. I had so much fun doing that one. My actor is also 51 now. He's in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. He's in My Spy. He's in Stuber and Blade Runner 2049. He's a retired professional wrestler. His name is Dave Batista. Yeah, Batista would be fantastic in this yeah. part. And he's he's acting now mostly and uh actually has a pretty good sense of humor. He has a great sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, this this role does not really require it. No. Uh, I'm curious, do they expand this character's range in later films? I think that they have to. I so mean, there's two sequels and then a, a third sequel just called Victor Crowley. Victor Crowley, yeah. And that came out maybe three years ago, something like that. Oh, man. I mean, at this at that point, Kane Hodder's got to be, you know, in his 60s. Yeah, I'm... I'm kind of interested to watch the rest of them. If not, just the last one. Well, when I get to the end of all my movie marathons... You're going to have some time to kill. Many years from now, (laughs) and I'm like scratching the bottom of the barrel, I'll give those a try. With an axe. (laughs) So Not a recommend for me. I'm going to say recommend. Really? Because I was surprised. I'm giving a surprised recommend. I was groaning the whole time this movie was I liked it better than Seizure. Maybe that... uh, Maybe, maybe my palate was wrecked. I think so. I mean, even even the uh, the Mardi Gras scenes, uh-huh. which were shot in the daytime, were just you can still get down in the can, daytime. You can. You can. I take that back. But I mean, they were getting crazy in yeah. the daytime, and it like you do, just, just bad. Oh, oh, and we should also mention uh, when they were trying to find their uh, haunted Bayou tour. Yes, they stopped by a shop at the beginning of the film, uh-huh. and this voodoo guy steps out and says, "You know, I don't do those anymore. You need to go see these people." Did you realize who that was? I feel like I did, but tell me. Oh no, it's Candyman. It's Candyman. Candyman. Yes, I'm I, like I called that out when I saw. I'm like, I'm like you put Candyman in this. He's movie. got a very distinctive look. Oh my god, yeah. You're like, not I was, gonna. I was really him for Urkel. I, 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 this was early enough in the film where I was like, oh, this is going somewhere. Yeah. And then it didn't. No, that that was a dead end. <laughs> it was a. It was a that, that was a cheap cameo. <laughs> it was a red herring. Yes. Bad. A MacGuffin. <laughs> That's wrapping us up on the recast continued and bringing us to our bonus segment, which is going to be a battle axe royale. Nice. Between the following figures: Axel Rose, <laughs> Hatchet Face, and George Washington. 
Now, who's Hatchet Face? Hatchet Face from Crybaby, the John Waters movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. What do you think? Oh, my. Um, George Washington was a last-minute addition. Well, let's, And let's, you could argue that he didn't kill anybody with that axe, but didn't he? Well, let's, we also have to keep in mind, hide of their powers. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Well, he's a child, George Washington, but uh, he has the adult George Washington face. I see that. Uh, it's creepy. I mean, Axel Rose, at the height of his powers, was... Pretty much a god. Pretty much a badass, and I did, I did cast Slash. Uh huh. Um, however, we're talking about General George Washington, uh huh, which I would consider to be the height of his powers. General George Washington. Um, I'm going to go with George Washington. All right, I'm going uh, just to be the oddball. I'm going Hatchet, hatchet Face. Hatchet Face, yeah, yeah. Um, so what's weird is that there's pictures of her out of makeup, and she's not that bad looking. They... Is her face really contorted like that? No, no. Okay. She oh. has Bell's palsy. Oh, I see. No, it's not true. She does not have Bell's palsy. So that's just an act. Yeah, she. It's it's an axe. It's an axe. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that's going to finish us up for tonight. Uh, I want to thank uh, you, sir, for um, doing what you do every week. And do you know what next week's episode is? Uh, this is the uh, evil robots. True robots. What is this? Is your sneak preview trivia question and answer? What is the name of the evil robot in The Day the Earth Stood Still? <gasps> oh, it's... Two syllables. Uh, it's like... It's like... Um, ah, fart. It's like Moltor. Close. Klaatu. 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 That's right. That's right. Hey, Chop Shoppers. This is Brewboss Sean coming to you with an instant Department of Corrections Department correction. Since this is a trivia question, many of you would like to know the real answer is Gort. Disregard what Travis said and go with Gort in next week's trivia. Uh, so that is your sneak preview question and answer for this coming week's trivia. That's right answers with wrong Travis. And also, um, we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. Uh, we are hosted online on Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. We are Facebook.com slash Cinema Chop Shop. We're Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com. And the two beers that we checked in today yep. will be checked in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Um, guys, remember that Black Lives Matter. Wear a mask. And vote. Vote. I voted today and I wore a mask and a face shield. Took me 40 minutes in and out for early voting at the voters registration office. And they didn't ask me if I needed a re or if I had a reason for uh, early, voting. early voting. So they may or may not. But if they do, all you have to tell them is national emergency because it is a national emergency. And please remember to watch, watch chop. Retrofit. retrofit and tip your axe sharpener. Yeah. I know a guy. <laughs>